Welcome to the Energy News Beat Podcast. This is our weekly recap, and I sure hope that you uh, enjoy this episode. I'll tell you what, uh, today is July 7th, and I hope everybody had a safe and wonderful uh, 4th of July. Our founding fathers, I'm even more impressed every time I read more things about them. But pay attention to uh, energynewsbeat.com. We've got a lot of good stories out there. This one up here is really pretty interesting. Planned Wyoming mine may help avoid copper supply train wreck. I'll tell you what, even if we have a energy transition, if we need more of the grid, if we need anything else, we need critical minerals. And this is actually kind of frightening to think because of the eco folks and everything else, we've not had any mines. The only one that's got mines is China, and they have the controls. Robert Friedland told Bloomberg TV recently that accelerated demand for copper is exceeding the mining industry ability to keep up with it. Deposits are getting more expensive and harder to find. He said financing projects is even becoming more scarce. As a result, we're heading for a train wreck. Well, I'm not sure if uh, Buttigieg can help, but we sure are got to really take care of this uh, copper situation. Maybe the one that we can uh, fire up in Wyoming. I hope that helps. Well, with that, hope you have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for paying attention to the Energy News Beat. You can find us on all of the major podcast channels, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you soon. Stu, start us off. Where do you want to begin? Are we flying to Russia? Are we there We're yet? flying to Russia, baby. You know, go over that airspace very carefully. <laughs> yeah, luckily, we're with you. Luckily, we're with Putin's 2024 campaign manager, so we're oh, safe. Yeah. Um, oh. Okay, Putin wisely suggests that Russia emulate Modi's make in India's initiative. Great insight as India buys 46% of its oil from Russia. Michael, this is from Andrew Corbiel, and uh, he is the random dude on Substack. I just think it's pretty funny. Uh, He's got a following, and he's got a different opinion. I don't agree with everything he says. However, he is pretty good. He is looking at it from the Russia side of things. Let's take a look. India has making is making a very important thing to make their own things in India. Putin went, and I'll read some of this here in a second, some of the key points. He went, that's not a bad idea. Let me start making things in there. Another piece of this puzzle is China is shutting down graphite for the EU. So that's in a different article. But what's happening is people are building their own stuff in their own countries. Wow. This is the global economy and global market is disintegrating. So uh, our friends in India and our big friend, Prime Minister Narendra Modi, launched the Make in India initiative several years ago. It is truly impressive effect on the Indian economy. It would do no harm to emulate what is working well, even if it was not us, but for our friends who created it. Michael, with India Mm -hmm. buying in rubles, 
46% of India's oil is a boatload of oil. I mean, that's a super That's a lot of oil. That's a lot of oil. Cash flow is going to Russia. Russia is going to do that. Last year, India grew twice what uh, the percentage that China did. India is now the biggest uh, market in the world. And well, no, then no, no, no. The, India is the fastest growing economy the, in the world. Fastest growing. Uh, they're at 6% and China was three, but they're approaching China's. So well, they're approaching. I'm, they're the newest, biggest emerging market. They're what China was 25 years but, ago is what people claim, you know. Yes. They're the world's fifth largest economy and on pace to become its third largest before the end yeah. of the decade. That's the correct way to phrase that. So three, uh, China was 3.3% and uh, it was 66 in India. Modi uh, precisely foresaw the importance of uh, prioritizing domestic industrialization more than a decade ago, long before the U.S.-Chinese trade war. Years and years ago when I was working for Intel. I always question why Intel was building plants in China, because you knew that you you were never going to have a safe product over there. Hello, McFly. I mean, good grief. Even I'm smart enough. And I went to Oklahoma State University. Where's the shirt here? There it is. Yeah. Okay. Yikes. All right. What are your comments? Well, here's 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 my thing. If I think India making India great. What are they? They seem to just be buying all their oil from Russia. I see that they're the the idea of make in India. Great. Or make in Russia. If this is what Andrew Corball or or Clybor is, is, is saying here is Russia needs to. They're going to make in Russia. Good luck. The United States discovered it's tough to do that. If If we were able to do it cheap, we would do it in America. Well, you know why the, the reason China can do it is because they allow the closest kids. thing we have. To, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they abuse kids. I mean, exactly. So, yeah. is uh, that what it takes to make it in yeah, India well, or make it in Russia? What does Hyantong mean? Oh, idea. Beat the kid until he quits working. Okay. Okay. That's what that means. Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is, so I guess I'm a little bit like, okay, great. This is what this guy wants to do. This guy, this guy. So this guy's advocating child slave labor, I guess. No, he's not. What's he want? He wants Russia to take the money that's coming in from India. Sanctions don't work. And they're going to start building all of their own things within Russia as many as they possibly can. That's the point. But how do you get those things made? You start somewhere, Michael. Okay, I get you. I get you. Okay, but we see what the end product looks like. I guess that's the the interesting part is we're the, even the United States is sourcing off. You know, we don't have that issue well, here. We outsourced look. it to China. Let's take a look at the EU. Siemens over from uh, the EU. You know, they're they're one of the biggest. Uh, wind farm manufacturers in the world, and they lost $1.7 trillion last year. Oops. Well, guess what else just trillion? happened? Trillion? Trillion? Or is it billion? Billion. billion. What's, okay. What's a few trillion between friends? Billion. Say like, that's, okay. a, that's a that's a rough okay. stat. Well, that, no, that was uh, BlackRock. Thank you very much. Okay. But when you sit back and look, China is slapping down all the controls I almost looked like Trump with my pinky out like that. That's terrible. Okay, Trump learned it from me. Okay, so when you when you sit back and look, China is now shutting down the graphite uh, production, and mm-hmm. you can't make renewables without graphite. 
China is locking down the rest of the world on all this Mm -hmm. stuff. You better make it at home and you better figure out if you can't make it at home, you better go back to bows and arrows and crayons and you better be able to do without. Well, I love me some crayons. Oil, EVs, big tech hit the ground running in the second half. Michael, this has got a lot of stuff you like in it and that's finance and numbers. That's where you just kind of like Hang out. I know you read numbers and then go to bed. Most of us get it. Our heads scramble, but you love it. Okay, let's start with electric vehicle. Uh, Rivian at up 2.1% and Lucid up 1.7%. The crypto exposed stocks also rose in pre-market as Bitcoin hovers closely around the 30,000 level. I don't own any Bitcoin. Do you, Michael? Uh, No, I have a little bit of Ethereum, but not much. (laughs) Well, uh, I love this article when it says investors are tempering expectations for stocks after unexpectedly strong first half. Mm -hmm. So the banks is a big sign in question. Are they going to fold? How do they react? How does the Fed react is stuff that's not in this article. And so um, stocks, this is a quote from Nicholas why do we always have somebody's name I can't pronounce? This one is Pengitsugulu, a market strategist for J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan and Chase Company. Stocks have done well the first half of the year because U.S. recession didn't happen, said Nicholas. Moreover, he added, the tech trade has turned into a pain trade for institutional investors, causing them to capitulate the first back half creates vulnerable for the second half as it means U.S. recession happens, there would be an abrupt market repricing. What are you thinking on that one? Well, I think I think what they're saying is considering what the Fed has done, continue, you know, we've raised rates over 110 basis points. Right. Considering that the market has held up fairly strong and considering companies like you mentioned Rivian and Lucid, Electric car companies who basically don't have a product and they don't have a car. Right. You can't really, it's hard to go out and buy those cars. They're not affordable. You know, give Elon Musk this. You go out and buy a Tesla. You can go on the website right now and in a matter as quick as you can say Tesla, you can buy a car. It's and, crazy. and boy, they jammed them out with 400, over 460,000. They set a record. Yeah. Yep, How exactly. cool is that? You know, Tesla's over $900 a share. I think it really, it comes down to, and I believe, and I believe this, and I believe this is exactly what, you know, our, our, our buddy over at JP Morgan is saying is that that doesn't necessarily give us good, you know, it doesn't, that sentiment, hey, it was supposed to be bad, but it was actually good. That's going to lead us to whatever your sentiment was for a uh, second half 2023. It's probably, it should probably, you should probably temper them a little bit because the pain that was expected wasn't necessarily here. Exactly. If there's this repricing that's due and it was supposed to happen in the first half, well, guess what? That means it should be coming in the second half. So it would be interesting to see how some of these larger institutions decide to play. Again, coming back, tying this back into oil, oil stocks are going to go as oil price. Go. I mean, it, that's right. fairly clear. Yeah. Sitting here at $70, I think that bodes well for the larger oil and gas community. I do think if you could see that move 75, 80, you might be able to see you'd continue to see those stocks rise. But 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 those stocks are continue to sit, you know, those EV stocks, the big tech stocks, um, yeah. the, you know, those high leveraged, high debt stocks, you know, they're gonna go as the economy goes. So it'll be very interesting to see how things play out. All right. Let me throw these at you here. Here's some numbers in the lower in this article I love. Uh, let's see here. 
Brent, uh, let's see, currently WTI and Brent, what do you get those numbers for me as we're doing this? Saudi press agency reports that Saudi will extend the voluntary cut of 1 million barrels per day for an additional month through August. Russian Deputy uh, Minister Novak uh, says that he will reduce the oil supply in August by 500,000 barrels a day, cutting exports to the global market. Iraq's June oil uh, exports averaged 3.3 million barrels per day. Remember, we had an article a little while ago, their target 6.2. Yep. Holy smokes. Kuwait has put out the fire at the Al-Zor. Boy, that's kind of nice. There's a little bit of pollution going on. That's not good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So what do you think oil? uh, You got some more cuts coming. Do you think that that's going to help increase the price there? Yeah, but I mean, you also have to think you missed. Read the next bullet point down, Stu. Gold? Which no, the next bullet point on Indian refiners. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Indian refiners have reportedly began paying Quan for some Russian crude imports via our friends over at Reuters. The uh, the IOC was the first state refiner to use Quan for such payments. So that, I think, right. is the most important thing out of all these bullet points is you're seeing the transition from the dollar to other forms of payment. As we talked about yesterday, BRICS yep. will be meeting to decide what's next. So, I mean, it's scary stuff around the more. But I do think that oil stocks, if, there's, if, if you're bullish on oil, you should be bullish on oil stocks. It doesn't make a genius to tell you that, but that, that, that's the whole thing that you're, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. Sue yep. me. UAE announces plans to invest 54 billion in energy and triple renewable. Why is this important? You know, out of the UAE, United Arab Emirates, the United Arab Emirates plans to triple its own supply of renewable energy and invest up to $54 billion over the next seven years to meet its growing energy demands. Do you know why this is different than Germany and California? No. Okay. Here's why. Because they're funding it with their profits in oil. Mm. They're not printing money. Hello, McFly. Hello, McFly. They're not printing money. I think that if we go to renewables, which we do, I'm all in. I don't care what power source we use, nuclear, wind, solar. But you got to pay for it without printing money. And if you got a profit source and a cash cow of oil, yeah, I'm in. Mm. So well, I mean, if 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 Dubai and 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 specifically the UAE is an interesting case study in the fact if they will, regardless of how much energy they produce locally and produce in house, they're always going to be reliant on energy imports, if only because of the fact that they live in a desert and need, you know, gigawatts and gigawatts and you know you know of. Yeah. Uh, energy in order to, to, to power themselves. So, you know, yep. they also have 15% of their, their met, uh, energy being met by nuclear. Hopefully that goes up under this, uh, under this. Spending. Yes. I consider nuclear renewable, especially with the new technology that's coming around the corner uh, where you're going to be using nuclear waste. I'm, I'm really excited. I was having that. a conversation yesterday with somebody about small modular nuclear reactors. I was like, did Stu get to you? How did he get to you on my off day? Um, uh, SMRs, I love me some small, uh, nuclear reactors, modular reactors. I still use my interview with Thomas Jam from Copenhagen Atomics, and I hope they just rock on. 
they're going to have an assembly line and I can't wait to uh, fly out and, and visit with him in Copenhagen. Yeah. You're going no with kidding. me. You know, the title of the article, solar panels are more carbon intensive than experts admit. Um, this is um, by CP Column and Lee Booth um, in collaboration with the website, The Blind Spot. You can check it out, energynewsbeat.com. But really what this is 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 talking about is, you know, information that was unearthed by the Environmental Progress Organization. So basically what this is all saying is that what you're hearing about the carbon intensity of photovoltaic, which whenever you hear the words photovoltaic, think solar. It's a fancy way of saying solar and, and really solar PV is what you should call it because there are other types of, of, of solar energy. But to give you an idea, there's this guy out of Italy who's been doing some interesting work who tells you that the IEA is fudging the numbers a little bit. So to give you an idea, remember, we've got the IPCC. What is the IPCC? The IPCC is the international, well, it's, I don't actually know the terminology. Let me look this up. It's the, it's, it's the climate change organization. Yes. The intergovernmental panel on climate change. So this is the kind of the all seeing eye of climate change. They're the ones every year that put out their, here's what's going to happen. We're all going to die because of climate change, which they actually don't. It's interesting. If you listen to guys like Michael Schellenberger, you listen to guys like Bjorn Lomberg, they'll tell you if you actually read the IPCC reports, the inter panel, um, even inter intergovernmental panel on climate change, you would see that they're not actually as doom and gloom as maybe someone like AOC would like to make them out. But what they come out and say, the ICCP claims that solar PV, solar energy is basically consuming 48 or emitting 48 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour. And this Italian researcher, Enrico Mariatti, who's drinking wine, eating pasta, and figuring that this number, based on his research, is a little bit closer to 600 to 1,200 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour. If that is true, to give you an idea, natural gas with carbon capture is around 50, and without carbon capture, it's 400 to 500. So even without carbon capture, natural gas beats what solar may or may not be. Now, again, we have to trust this Enrico Mariachi guy. Do we trust him? So let's come down. Let's come down um, and take a look at what he's got going on here. So what he's saying, he first noted something wasn't quite right with these photovoltaic assessments about two years ago. He was pre preparing for an online renewables uh, debate with Nicola Armadi, a research director at the Italian Research Council. Being a data junkie, he decided to pour over the source material and try to figure out why. What he discovered unnerved him. The data didn't reconcile. Remember, guys, he holds a degree in geopolitics and global security, which while unrelated to the field, equipped him with enough quantitative skills to ensure that he can recognize the difference between good and bad data. That's key. I was having this debate at work today. The model is only as good as the data going into it. The website is only as good as the data going into it. People want to see a report. Well, the report's made of numbers. Well, the number's right. No. Ah, well, your report sucks then. So I like what he, I, this is good to see. There's a, there's a skill and, and, and having enough, what, what they would call quantitative skills to understand the difference between good data, bad data, how you get to good data, how you don't get to good data. I think this is absolutely critical. His quote is the data showed how much solar photaic systems are used in terms of raw material, silicone, aluminum, copper, glass, steel, and silver. Then I saw the carbon footprint. It just seemed way too small. According to the, um, his findings, the carbon intensity of these solar panels manufactured in China and installed in European countries 
like Italy was likely off by an order of magnitude. His initial back of the envelope calculation put it between 170 and 200 um, grams of key, uh, of carbon dioxide per kilowatt hour as opposed to the official estimates. Um, but then he upped those as he moved on. But I mean, to give you guys an idea, people are coming to the conclusion that solar is not better for the environment than natural gas, specifically with carbon capture. I mean, you talk about 50 grams of carbon dioxide per kilowatt hour. That's pretty good. That's good. That's going to not do climate change or, you know, I'm again, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but if you're telling me 40 is photovoltaic, if that's what the IPCC is telling us, yeah, because ICPC is saying 48. So you're saying with carbon capture, it's the same? Hmm, interesting. I love how they rounded up to 50. They can't quite say it's the same. They got to say solar's 48, uh, natural gas, 50. Well, you know, we see uh, the IPCC, the same data analysts, they share data analysts with the IEA. So we know you're getting the best quality data analysis and whatever. So very interesting, you guys. Solar panels, they're more carbon intensive than we thought. Again, in a move nobody expected. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the uh, weekly recap. Don't forget, subscribe, like, share, tell your friends. Give us a five-star review. If it's a four-star, think about it. Three-star, no, don't even try. But we sure want to hear from you. If you are an industry thought leader, if you have anything uh, that you would like to discuss, pro, con, renewable, geopolitical, reach out to us. I sure want to talk to you on the podcast. Thanks and have a great weekend.